Welcome to Economic Snapshot and Business Forecast number 20. The two-track recovery now has a definite geographic bent as the second wave sends Northern Hemisphere countries into a cold recessionary winter of discontent, while in the Southern Hemisphere some countries are managing to thrive while others still face their own economic challenges. What does that mean for you, your small and medium-sized business? I'm Jacob Aldridge. This is Don't Waste a Good Recession. Firstly, thank you to so many business owners from around the world for registering and tuning in live to my practical anti-fragility workshop series last week, where over the course of five days, one hour workshops on each day, we jumped into some of the practical things that you can be doing for yourself and your business right now to evolve your business so that it benefits from volatility. Never has that message been more important and that's why I've evolved my business advisory programs to put that front and centre. It's no longer sufficient to maintain and manage risk. You now need to establish the whole system, what I call the anti-fragile method in your organisation so that when volatility comes, as it invariably will very, very soon, if not already, your business has far more upside, more to gain than it has to lose. That was a lot of fun. I'll be doing more of those detailed workshops uh, before Christmas and then a full transformation program that I'll make available to all of the Don't Waste a Good Recession subscribers early in the new year. First though, let's have a look at the economic snapshot, the forecast that means for your small or medium sized business in the month of November. Here are the four indicators as always detailed link below to the video where we explain why those four indicators and we jump into lead indicator number one active COVID-19 cases. The US recorded 99,000 new COVID-19 cases on the last day of October. Australia by comparison had its first donut day zero cases of community transmission for the first time since June. So we know this disease this pandemic can be beaten back but at what price are you willing to pay the price many governments aren't many business owners and individuals are not and ultimately it doesn't really matter if you're willing to pay the price if your neighbors are not and so europe north america many countries that never really ended the first wave are now heading into the colder time of year with a definite second wave starting to overwhelm them Percentage-wise, the UK is up enormously. In terms of sheer volume, the USA continues to lead the world. You'll notice a slight uptick in Australia there. That reflects the fact that we've now down under increased the quota of Australians that are allowed to return home. So that represents uh, an increase in cases that are happening in hotel quarantine. Return to the country and still even to move between some of our states, you've got to go through a mandatory two-week hotel quarantine. The lockdown in Victoria seems to be over the worst of it. And from a, uh, the focus of reducing and removing community transmission seems to have worked. Again, at what price is a decision that many of you are asking. And unfortunately, many of you are disempowered to be able to make. Stay tuned to the end as we look at the practical consequences of these numbers. The second indicator that we look at 
is stock market movements. The chart that I show there is comparison to the bottom of the markets that happened at the end of March. And here we are now, seven months in, the markets have grown, but they haven't really continued the trajectory that they had through the northern summer. For the month of October, we had three different months across those three economies. Australia was up for the month, although down slightly in the final week. The US was down slightly for the month, but steeply last week as we head into the presidential election. And the UK really, through October, the market slid into the lockdown, which was announced after the close on Friday. For those regular viewers, the Dow Jones never made it back through the February record high that I've been calling a ceiling. Neither obviously did either of those other two markets, though the more representative S&P 500 did break through that ceiling at the start of September and has come back since. In terms of a V-shaped recovery, there is now no evidence that that has taken place. And certainly when we look at the two lead indicators, share market performance and the active COVID-19 cases, we have much to give us cause for concern about the economic fundamentals as we head into November and into December. Noting that so far this year, the stock markets have been about a one month forecast. We could suggest that in Australia where the markets were up for the month, that the economy is going to be a little bit better in November than it was for you in October quite the opposite in the USA and the UK. If you're in one of the other countries, how are your markets performing? How are active COVID-19 cases going in your community, in your city, in your country? And what impact will that have on government policy and the mood of your customers, your suppliers and your staff? Let's get into now some of the lag indicators. We start with unemployment. Australia up slightly, uh, more people unemployed as Victoria went through one of the strictest lockdowns in the world. I'm seeing forecasts from trading economics, which is where we collate our data, that this unemployment will rise again in Australia leading into Christmas, but I feel it will drop faster than their models suggest, given the success in reopening the economy and borders. The UK had a larger jump in unemployment back in August, the delay that we've noted and conversely as they head into the winter second wave I would expect to see that number continue to rise and perhaps rise quite significantly although I believe the furlough program has been reinstated and with it the horseshit data from the Boris Johnson government. The next US figures will be out later this week it will be interesting to see they've come down quite considerably from the immediate March and April unemployment highs that will possibly continue if we have a change in the presidency this week and if we have a change particularly in the Senate and therefore the overall Congress heading into the new Congress in January. Much stricter restrictions and lockdowns are likely to follow. As we've seen in Australia, as we've seen all around the world, lockdowns lead to higher unemployment. However, people dying, pandemics, lingering disease, has the potential to lead to much longer lingering periods of unemployment. Do you want the short, sharp shock or do you want the long lingering pain? And the metaphor with the actual disease itself is quite deliberate. It's one, however, where we can make choices as a country and as an economy. What choices do you have for your business? We will get to that in a moment. Lastly, the fourth of the indicators that we look at, which is GDP growth. 
The US figures have just come in and as, as predicted, it looks amazing. And in some ways it is. 33.1% annualized quarterly growth is the highest ever quarterly growth figure of GDP since records began in the 1940s. But remember the trap, minus 31% plus 33% does not equal plus 2%. It actually equals minus 9%. This is one of those areas where math and statistics are not intuitive. So if we factor in the March quarter, when the US annualized lost 5%, the US economy has only recovered two thirds of what was lost in terms of GDP. So even though a plus 33% may look bigger than a minus 31%, it does not actually reflect a V-shaped recovery and coming back to the status quo. We were always going to get a huge September quarter bounce because of how disastrous the June quarter was. So expect the same in the UK and Australia when their quarterly GDP figures for September are released. But don't think that's the end of the recession. Slower growth and perhaps even some more negative quarters, especially from Northern Hemisphere countries, lie ahead. Okay, a fair question, my radical friends. So let's recap some of what we've talked about. And while I would still basically bet my house and what I'm doing right now, which is betting my business on Australia having a recession in 2020, there's no doubt that given the impact of the coronavirus, the pandemic on the economy, Australia is well placed at this point to ride it out. This is the most common type of recession. However, for reasons we're going to talk about, I don't think it is what we're going to experience through the coronavirus recession. And in terms of unknown unknowns, here's a chart, the number of coronavirus vaccines we have successfully created throughout all human history. I honestly think, and I might do a detailed video on this in the future, I think we'll look back on June 2020 as the month that we chose money and economy over health. Not surprising. The rich get richer, the poor get the picture. The coronavirus recession is about to split in two. Speedy recovery for some, if indeed you even suffered financially. Long-term lingering woes for many others. You are now in September, two-thirds of the way through the best ever quarter for GDP growth in history. The figures that are going to come out for the current quarter that we are currently in are going to be astronomical. So mindset-wise, two-track recovery, which track are you choosing to take? And if we look at that number, that is the L-shaped recession that we have been talking about. V-shape, very, very clear, it goes back, would mean that really by the December quarter, by Christmas of this year, the economy is as large as it was at the beginning of the year or larger. An L-shaped recession may not be as pessimistic as that shape that I've drawn there, but would suggest, as we've been talking about for some time, that it's going to be middle or late 2021 before we actually get back. You don't need me, you don't need the evening news, you don't need data about you know, the PMI in China versus the PMI in the USA to make good business decisions. You just need better data about your business. So my final question for you is not, what do you need to do? What the F is happening in the world right now? Final question to you in a space of calm and momentum checking in with your breath, stepping through that door. What if this 
is the best opportunity of your business life. It turns out in 20 episodes of this Economic Forecast plus all of the other critical content on the Don't Waste a Good Recession YouTube page, we've managed to cover an awful lot of specifics. We have been able to forecast and see some of these consequences. That's why my business, many of my clients are thriving right now because they find their decision making to be months or months ahead of the competitors, of their clients, of what their clients are asking for. And as a such, they can make better decisions right now in the present moment. So the two-track recovery, as we look at that graphic there, you can see those two lead indicators, active COVID-19 cases and the share markets, Australia is green. So if your business is in Australia, how are your post-recession plans coming? Those transformations that we've talked about, are you ready to execute if called upon. We're not at the bottom of the cycle yet, but we're certainly looking like we're going to get there sooner than some of those other countries. If you haven't yet worked out what your business is going to look like once the coronavirus recession is over, you need to make sure you're investing far more time in that from November, from right now, because you don't want to be the business that is caught behind. You want to be the business that is one step ahead and therefore can ride all of the upswing when it inevitably comes. Clearly though, we have a different scenario in the UK and the US. Where both of those lead indicators are actually in the red. Now even within those countries, I appreciate things are localised a little. In some cities, some states, the conditions are very, very different. You need to continue to maintain your personalized preparations. What I would suggest you do is go to the critical content playlist, the Don't Waste a Good Recession YouTube page. There are 16 videos there covering things like how to prepare for cash flow, customer service, sales, staff farewells, uh, how to surround yourself with good advisors and so on as you face a recession. We talked about those things at the start of the coronavirus recession. And for those two countries and many other around the world, the situation you are facing right now is very, very similar. Next month is going to be harder, it's going to be worse. And unless you are doing the right things, you are going to struggle. The first question you need to ask yourself quite honestly right now, will your business survive until Christmas? The cash flow forecast can help you with that. Looking at some of the conditions can help you with that. This is an important question because if the answer is no, the answer is almost certainly not. Don't get too caught up in hope because sometimes the best thing you can do with a business that is failing, whether because of mistakes that you've made, whether because of sensible risks that you've taken that unfortunately haven't paid off, or whether because of these external factors that are outside your circle of influence, like a pandemic, like government lockdowns, whether those are the reasons why your business isn't going to survive, it's often better to fail fast. Don't drag it out, don't drag your family, your staff and your finances through the worst of it if there's an opportunity to cut it much cleanly in advance. And remember always, the vast majority of businesses fail eventually. It's people, it's you, the business owner, the entrepreneur who took that risk, who, who has that spirit. You are not a failure just because your business is.
regardless of why your business may have failed. And so by cutting it cleanly as quickly as you can, you set yourself up emotionally and financially for that next opportunity, the next business, whatever that might be. If you don't know where to start, you don't know what conversations to have about your business, the sustainability of your business, how to respond, Google business recession war cabinet. And in that video, check out what advisors and friends you already have that you can talk to openly, vulnerably, people that who are there to help you, who want to help you. And in many cases, we'll be able to do that at a low fee or no fee because they've got the spare capacity, they've got the empathy to know what you're going through. And of course, you can reach out to me. As I say, my business, partly through luck, and of course, my belief that I choose and create the whole of my reality, I control my own luck, and I establish myself to have an anti-fragile method running through my organization has meant that I'm in a quite a strong position. So if you have questions, if you need someone to talk to, and you don't have anyone around you who already knows your business, send me an email, organize some time for us to speak at no cost. It's my great delight to be able to help business owners around the world. And I know, as I said at the outset, many of you are doing it tough right now. And if I can be of some support in that, whatever the forward progress, then please do reach out and let me know how I can help. Specifically, a couple of things that are coming up that I am putting out there to be able to help at some volume, because I only have so many hours in the week, and of course I have my own businesses and my own client commitments. So a few more of the volume things, like the Practical Anti-Fragility course that I ran last week, I have coming up in November a two-day online strategic retreat covering all 10 core principles of the anti-fragile business. We're going to go with, as always, practicality and positivity and look at some of the things that you can do in your business to implement those principles to create a business that gains from disorder, that benefits from the volatility that's going on. I am, always have been and remain more of a gymnasium than an ambulance. So that course and then the full anti-fragile method transformation program that we'll be launching in January are there as gymnasiums for businesses that are already in okay shape. If you need an emergency room, if you need an ambulance, if you need to dial 999-911 or 000, then recognize that some of those courses, while they will have great content, while there may be some specifics you can take, they're not going to be specific enough to you or practical enough with speed to be able to change the trajectory of a business that is looking at a Christmas deadline. And so don't count on those to solve all of your problems. Pick up the phone, reach out again, as I say to me, or even better to those specific advisors in your war cabinet that you have around you. And if you do feel alone, the very last thing that I would encourage every business to do is to share some of these links with your network, with your leadership team, with your friends in business. The more people you know in real life, the more your clients, your suppliers are also applying some of these positive and practical steps, the better placed you will be as an ecosystem to ride out the worst of this storm. I hope 
You don't need that emergency help in your business. I hope wherever you and your family are, the second wave that is hitting some communities is going to ride over the top of you with minimal impact. And I hope that you find, despite some of the pessimism in that forecast, that November is a really strong month for you emotionally, for your business, for your family. If I don't see you in some of the workshops I run in November, I look forward to seeing you, hopefully with a little more positivity, at the end of November for the next episode 21 of the Don't Waste a Good Recession snapshot and forecast.